This is Miriam Knight from New Consciousness Review, your source for keeping up to date with the best media for enlightened living. We have as our guest today Janet Smith Warfield, the author of a book called Shift, Change Your Words, Change Your World. A mystical experience gave Janet a passion for language and how words can be used to hurt or to heal. This led her to go to law school, and through the past 22 years of practice as a lawyer and mediator, Janet has honed her language skills. With her expanded perspective, she shares her understanding of how people can use language to make fundamental shifts in their relationships and live happier and more peaceful lives. Welcome, Janet. I'm very intrigued about your mystical experience. Won't you tell us about it? The mystical experience actually was second in line after a previous experience, which began shifting my words, my actions, and my perspectives. I had three preschool sons, Bill, age five, Stephen, age three, and Russ had just been born. When Russ was born, Bill began wetting the bed every single night. This was rather frustrating for me because I had more than enough to do with three preschoolers. However, at first I ignored it. I figured maybe it would go away on its own. It didn't. So I figured it was time to sit down and have a talk with Bill and explain to him why a five-year-old was too old to wet the bed. Well, we sat down and had our talk, and Bill nodded and listened. The next morning the bed was still wet. I was getting a bit more frustrated. I raised my voice. The bed was still wet. I even spanked him once, and the bed was still wet, and I was getting out of control. Around that time, my mother gave me a book called Summerhill by an English schoolmaster, A.S. Neal, just a wonderful man. Neil had very unorthodox ways of dealing with the problem children in his school. When a child misbehaved, he didn't uh, slap the child or scold the child or send him into the coat room until he figured out what he'd done wrong. Neil simply gave the child a penny. And I am thinking he did what? He gave the child a penny for bad behavior. That doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, I was pretty desperate, and I was ready to try about anything. So the next morning we got up. The sheets were wet. I didn't say a word. I kept my mouth shut, went to my pocketbook, pulled out a penny, and gave it to Bill. Well, Bill kind of looked at me as if to say, I wonder what's wrong with her this morning. But interestingly enough, he never, ever went to bed again. And I was just stunned because it was so simple and so satisfactory. I couldn't stop thinking about this, and I began playing with these ideas in other areas of my life, not having the foggiest idea what I was doing. I was just exploring. 
One day a man came to my door. This is where the mystical experience happened. The man, I think, was a, a neighbor, not a close neighbor. I don't remember what he wore. I don't remember what he said. I don't remember what the issue was. All I remember is that he was very angry, and he was angry with me. In the past, before I had read Summerhill and before I'd had this experience with Bill, I might have gotten defensive. I might have explained why I'd done what I had done, or maybe I would have uh, said to him something like, well, you shouldn't be angry. That's just a little thing. I didn't do any of that. Instead, I just said, I'm really sorry. What can I do to make this better? And just like that, the anger stopped. We chatted for a while, and when the man left, we were friends. Now, as he was walking away, all of a sudden, now don't ask me where this came from, but all of a sudden, I remembered words I'd been taught as a child in Sunday school. Resist not evil, but turn the other cheek. And all I could think was, oh my gosh, now I understand what those words mean. The meaning of those words had totally shifted for me, changed for me. I, as a child, I understood them as meaning if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the left cheek and tell him to hit you again. This made no <laughs> sense to me at, at all as a child. You know, I thought, why in the world would you do that? It made about as much sense as giving Bill a penny when he went to bed. But now, in the context of this experience, the total meaning of those words changed. And the difference was my motivation and my intention. I wasn't doing something that somebody else told me I ought to do, some kind of moral commandment that didn't make sense and that I didn't understand and for which I might have had the wrong motivation. In this situation, I was playing with new ideas. What I was doing was very self-serving because I was hoping the anger would stop if I simply offered to help, and it did, so that my motivation was not to put myself down and just be kind to other people at my own expense. It was very self-serving, and that was the sudden consciousness shift for me, the sudden change in my understanding of those words. There is absolutely so much. I'll, I'll tell another fast story. One day, Bill and some of his friends were out in the backyard playing. I could see that his friends were about ready to throw punches at each other, and I figured it was time for me to go out and intervene in some way. I went out, and in the past, I probably would have pulled them aside and given them both a lecture about why they shouldn't fight. I didn't do that. I pulled each one aside separately, and I said the same thing to each one. I said, do you want to fight? Interesting. They both said the same thing. No, I don't want to fight, but he's making me do it. And I just said, well, if you want to fight, go ahead and do it. 
And they kind of mumbled. They, they looked at each other out of the corners of their eyes, sized each other up. They shuffled their feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. And two minutes later, they were playing happily together. I was giving them the free choice to either fight or not fight. And when I gave them that freedom of choice, they chose not to fight. In, in raising your children... Were there a lot of instances in which you use these perceptions? Do you think they understood what you were doing and internalized it? Miriam, I didn't understand what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> now, yes, I did keep playing with these ideas. And what I discovered was sometimes they were very effective and sometimes they were totally ineffective. I started noticing the energy dynamics. And they're different with every individual on this planet. Every relationship is unique. So I would have to feel out the energetic connection. I'd listen to another person's words. I can tell a lot about people by their words. And then choose in the moment how I was going to respond. And it is a response. It's a choice. It's not a reaction. That's a major lesson here that it's up to us to choose our response rather than to react sort of instinctively with anger or whatever our habitual response would be. You feel what you feel, but when you frame your experience as being dictated to by other people, you're giving your power away. You can mm-hmm. always say no or you can walk away in lots of situations. You write some wonderful poetry, and there was one poem that I thought was uh, really appropriate, perhaps, to close with. It's called, It's All Very Simple. Each of us has only one soul to fix. Each of us has only one heart to heal. Each of us has only one head to clear, our own. But we need all of us. Without one, there is disorder. Without one, there is imperfection. Without one, there is a whole in harmony. No whole, it's all very simple. We all matter. And we do. Oh, that's so beautiful. We could clearly go on all day. Let me ask you, Janet, what is your website? My, I have three websites. I have www.wordsculptures.com, W-O-R-D-S-C-U-L, P-T-U-R-E-S.com. I have wordsculpturespublishing.com. And then I have a blog at janetsmithwarfield.com, which is getting quite a bit of interest these days because I deal with things like abusive relationships and how to deal with them. I deal with these issues of perception and choice. And I tell a few stories there, so uh, there seem to be a lot of people who are enjoying them. Janet, thank you very, very much for being with us today. Thank you, Miriam. And won't you join us next time when our guest will be Alison Chester Lambert. She's the author of The Future in the Stars, The Astrological Message for 2012 and Beyond. This is Miriam Knight of New Consciousness Review, and you can go to our website ncreview.com and listen to more podcasts and read reviews of more wonderful books for enlightened living. Please join us next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.